0: For your campaign and stuff, like what are the things that you focus on?
1: I think it's like the easiest term that I just get some people to think about and whether they're, you know, conservative, liberal, independent, you know, I simply just tell them, I was like, we're the fourth largest economy in the world. And what do we have to show for it? Can't build the train. That we should have had a long I want time. Want that
0: train so bad. We, and and that's the part
1: where I say, <laughs> if we, if it's really like a lot of just tax accountability. If we're the highest taxed state in the entire union, where's our cool stuff? Mm-hmm. Where are? Yeah. Our, where's our cool stuff? We can't
0: even <laughs> fix ninety
1: nine right our now, roads you guys. are it's, awful yeah.
0: Welcome back to another episode of Central Valley Podcast. I'm your host, Micah D'Ailey, a filmmaker, photographer, and a dude passionate about his community. This podcast focuses on the talented individuals that make up the Central Valley of California, as well as people who are passionate about what they do. The Central Valley has gotten a bad rep, and we're here to change that. If you enjoy what we're doing, we kindly ask that you download each episode, subscribe to our YouTube, and leave a rating and review on whatever podcast app you're using. And once again, thanks for tuning into another episode of Central Valley Podcast. Shout-out, Duffy. Shout-out, Micah. This is it. Central Valley Podcast. Hey, big shout-out, Central Valley Podcast. You know I had
1: to fuck with it. Hey, shout-out, Central Valley Podcast.
0: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: we're back with a uh, new guest. David, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is David Tangypa. I'm uh, running for State Assembly District 8. Uh, for a really big Central Valley district. Yeah, so. dude, thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And so uh, before we really get started,
0: why don't you introduce yourselves and kind of what led you to want to run for California Assembly? Yeah,
1: well, I mean, jumping into it fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm uh, originally from Sacramento, born and raised there, grew up in North Highlands, and then uh, I was playing football, got really into football. And with that, I got the opportunity to play football at Fresno State, went to Fresno State, I got a degree in political science, criminology, legal studies certificate, I was able to play my fifth year i graduated a little bit early and uh, i started my master's and i got a master's in business with an emphasis in marketing and uh, i really got involved from there and my senior year of football i got my my real estate license and i was actively selling houses while i was playing football
0: (laughs) really this
1: was before nil deal so i couldn't market myself everything had to be by word of mouth or giving people a call and just saying hey my name is david tangipa yeah and uh and I really had to, like, tailor the message to where I couldn't attach myself to Fresno State Athletics. So I was really just trying to say—I just really tried to just say my first name. Yeah, hey, this is David. Mm-hmm. You know who I am. I'm uh, this person. And uh, <laughs> but, but a lot of people just really attached me to Fresno State football. Uh-huh. But that would have been illegal in the NCAA. Then, during that
0: time. During know. that time.
1: And now with NIL deals being uh, quite a bit different— mm-hmm. and, and uh, those things from there, the it's changed that actually when I was a senior, there was a freshman there named Stephen Comstock. He is still there because he had a COVID year and an extra year. So he's a no. grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> in, in is this, this his
0: last year now? This or? is his last year now. You um, hear that, dude? You can't be going to college anymore.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, but he, he really actually took. Kind of the model that I did and got his degrees and then now he's in his master's or credential program and then he also got his real estate license and he's actively selling homes right now. But he can market it differently. And huh? he can actually get a card and market and call, hey, I'm Steven Comstock, I play football for Fresno State. Yeah. He could say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could not say that when I was And playing. then did you
0: get a, so you said you got a scholarship for for football? So I walked on. Oh, but you first. were a walk on. I was a oh, walk-on at okay. first and
1: then uh yep. The the walk-ons at that time, and this is twenty fourteen. They put all the walk-ons in the baseball locker room, and okay. all the rest of the team was in the regular locker room. They were doing some renovations. Is that um, like you can work your way up kind of to uh, the other locker room or no? It, it's, they were just – there wasn't room for uh, us, and I so gotcha. they kind of just put us over there and – um <laughs> This is where I really got used to the Fresno heat yeah, because there's no AC in the visitor locker room of the <laughs> baseball team. And that's where they oh, put wow. us. And so they put us in the visitor locker Fresno room.
0: Fresno State's uh, very, uh, what, are they, what is it called? They're like, uh, what's it called? Why can't I think of this word? Frugal? No, frugal. No, but I'm saying they're like a
1: strategic. Uh, well, with, oh,
0: uh, uh, with the visitors? With the visitors, yeah. The visitors. yeah, yeah. yeah, so, yeah.
1: yeah well, they, they put a big old giant industrial fan in there and <laughs>
0: there we go we're good <laughs> and all,
1: all the walk-ons and, and that's where I mean when I first got here in 2014 I think the first fall practice and all of this there were like 14 days in a row of uh, 105 106 degree Jeez. weather and Sacramento's I mean, just about the same. We're a little bit cooler by about 6, 7 degrees, which is a huge difference. Yeah. I'll just say that. But in Sacramento, it cools down at night because we have the Delta breeze. Mm-hmm. In Fresno, it stays 94 oh. at 11 o'clock at night. You can't open up your window. Uh, but Even
0: even Fresno State—I mean, Fresno, but uh, Fresno State. Fresno's always a few degrees hotter than here, though. Always. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just consistently. It's Just consistently. Like, if it's 100 here, it's like 104 there. Yep. And it's like, I think those— when it gets that hot, those four degrees really do matter. Because it, 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 then it, it cools down over here a little bit. I, I feel like it cools down like in the evening time not too bad, but I've been in Fresno like when it's like dark, and I'm like, why is it so hot still? That, <laughs> that was
1: part of my first introduction to Fresno was I would, we, you know, I like to enjoy walks at night, especially with the Delta Breeze in Sacramento. And so I walked outside the door, and I was like, why is it still 94 degrees? Mm-hmm. Like, this does, this is not as enjoyable. But I really I love Fresno. Yeah. I mean, I love it there. I love the foothill communities. You know, I'm really connected. And, you know, I mean, why I got into it was mainly because I, I really just want to represent the area and the area that I've been representing as a college athlete. And then I work for the Fresno County Board of Supervisors mm-hmm. as well. I work for one of the supervisors named Nathan Magzig. Mm-hmm. Uh, And he's just really well connected to the community. And this is one of the things when he hired me was specifically, we wanted to really define the term what it means to be a public servant. And it's about truly serving the public by being out there and being at the face of a lot of what's out there. And so when I started with him in 2020, I got hired with the Board of Supervisors one week before COVID. Dang One week before COVID And most people don't even know What the Board of Supervisors are Or what they do But, but each, when, when
0: when that happens so.
1: <laughs> But each county Has a Board of Supervisors And public health Is controlled by the Board of Supervisors And they get direction from the state Uh it, this was like drinking water from a fire hose yeah uh, where the world is collapsing I guess and yeah. the e- economy is collapsing and all of these different things are are happening and and I'm just trying to introduce somebody and they're like oh well why don't you talk to this person about this and I was like I don't know what they do yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know what they do <laughs> but I really yeah, I, it you know, probably really was a, like a
1: sink or swim moment for you in there. Huh? It was just like Fresno State football where you, you walk onto the field and you see a guy, he's benching 400 pounds and he's like, go block that guy. And I was like, ah, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I guess, I guess. You, you run into him and he knocks you out and you get up and you keep going. That was the same thing when it came to in that 2020 yeah. year where I learned and gained a lot of experience. I worked covid Uh, I worked a lot of the, you know, what was happening with the BLM riots and and the riots that were happening, you know, uh, police officers feeling different and all this. Then on Labor Day weekend, the Creek Fire happened. Oh, yeah,
0: that year was so bad with fires. Well,
1: Which is the largest single fire that never turned into a complex fire in California's history. What's the difference between... Like so, a single a, fire that turns into a complex fire. So a complex fire is when fires merge together. Oh, okay, so multiple there's, are going on. Yep. Yeah. So there's you know there's one fire like the Dixie Fire yeah. uh, merged with another fire, and the Trinity Fire merged with another fire. Yeah. Uh, but Car Fire or the Creek Fire never merged. It just included Madera and Fresno and burned over three hundred eighty eight thousand acres. And so and my so family cool. lost a house in that. So Damn. really, where it's like I've learned a lot of experience while. I've been there with the Board of Supervisors because then 2021 was COVID recovery. 2022 was the driest year on record. 2023 was the wettest year on record. And I've yeah, really- dude,
0: this year was a while. Mm-hmm. We had like two hot days in June and I was like, what is
1: going this on? This was the nicest June, the it nicest awesome. summer. I <laughs> do, dude,
0: yeah. This, I was like, I'm not complaining at all. Some people are like, oh, it's hot. I'm like, yeah, but we have one less month of hotness, you guys, yeah. <laughs> like it's okay.
1: Well, this was one hot
0: July, I'll say. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it is, but on the plus side of it, like <laughs> we had, <laughs> it's the first month of summer. <laughs> you, you, you give and take, give yeah, and take. June was amazing. Yeah, dude, it was. And then, so let's kind of go back a little bit. So, where are you you originally from again? Sacramento, North Highlands. North Highlands. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so, kind of talk about you being born and raised and kind of what led you to want to pursue politics.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's actually, so um, my mother, she's an immigrant from the island of Tonga. And so- And where's that at, exactly? We're Polynesian. So, if you can think about Samoans, Tongans, and, you know, Maori people, Mm -hmm. like, Hawaiian people were all of the Polynesian descent. and so Tonga farther in the South Pacific Ocean. We're a lot closer to Fiji. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're we're on the opposite side of the international Dateline. So we're part of the new day when the new day starts, they're oh. one of the first countries on the new day. Oh, gotcha. um, along with Guam as mm-hmm. well. So uh, so she immigrated here. Uh, my father's hundred percent disabled veteran and uh, you know grew up near if so somebody- was your father uh, American?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. He's Seattle. My okay. mom's from Tonga.
1: My dad's. From <laughs> yeah, Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Where they? How'd <laughs> they? Was he over there or? No. No. My my mom did like in home care, and okay. she was actually taking care of my my uh, grandmother, and so she just did in home care because a lot of Polynesians, you know, mm-hmm. they, they take care of uh, you know the older generations. Just part of us. We're big family oriented people, mm-hmm. um, and so they met that way where it's just easy to put it together. My father's a Navy guy, and my mom's in. An island girl and mm. you know figured figured out island girl. <laughs> 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 uh, you know we can figure out two plus two is four and uh, that's the yeah, four of us. Yeah, so exactly. I have, four, I have three other brothers. Oh, and, okay, and I have another. They adult. all big,
0: too yeah, Are you all oh, yeah. pretty?
1: Oh yeah, we have Is it, is
0: your dad pretty tall too? Uh, my dad's
1: six foot. Okay, Yeah, gotcha. my dad's six foot, and my mom's... Uh, or is her family just like... They're all big. Yeah, so yeah. I'm actually the smallest one. Really? Yeah. What are you, six four? Yeah, six four, and... Ooh. But I'm 225 pounds, and so I have a 15 year old younger.
0: 225 b- pounds of muscle.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any of that left in football. But I don't get paid anymore to work out. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. I'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I have a younger brother. He's 15, and he's 240 pounds, and he's six four. And uh, damn, doesn't he football p- too? Doesn't want to play football. Yeah, no. Really? He's, big, he's a lot more musically inclined. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Though. So he plays the drums. He plays. Uh, he has a keyboard. I think he has like a tuba. He tried to go for the saxophone, but uh-huh. he, he didn't get it. Yeah, to play that uh,
0: sexy sax man song. Right yeah, <laughs> now, now he's he's the sexy tuba guy. So. <laughs> you don't hear much about those. Huh? Yeah.
1: Just uh- <laughs> <laughs> so then you are uh, you're born and raised in
0: Sacramento yeah. area and kind of what was your upbringing like?
1: Yeah, so actually, you know, we grew up in very harsh conditions. I grew up right off of Watt Avenue and 8th Street. If you think about it, I grew up on Poplar. I went to Arrowhaven Elementary School, which is not even open anymore. Um and then Realistically, like I, I was just as a young individual, I was super into politics and super into like reading about policy. But there was one instance that I truly remember is when um, so back in the 90s, they reduced the military budget by about 200 billion dollars. And they looked at the Sacramento area and where they wanted to shut down some of the military bases, McClellan Air Force Base. And then there was Mather Air Force, Air Force Base, Travis and Beale. They looked at all of them, which ones were they going to shut down and move, and they actually chose McClellan and Mather. So when they did that, I grew up right— Is
0: that, is that when Castle shut down too? No, Castle shut down a while ago, I in thought. 80s? Right? Yeah, because that same thing— ha- We have a Castle Air Force Base mm. here in Atwater, and the same thing, like, there was so much people working and then— no one had jobs well, anymore.
1: That's exactly what happened. So when they shut down oh, McClellan, yeah, it was ninety-five. Yeah, yeah so it's probably oh, the same okay. exact yep. time. It's probably yeah. all about the So so when Bill Clinton was in office, they reduced the budget by two hundred billion dollars. Um, and so I can't even
0: fathom that number.
1: But. It, exactly, but but what it was in my opinion, it was like a different approach. Where this the community of North Highlands, the entire economy was the military base. Mm. I mean, it's probably the same thing mm. for Atwater, and it's the same thing for you know Rancho Cordova yeah. mm-hmm. over there where. I mean, we lost about 75,000 men and women service, both part-time and full-time and and individuals working on the air base. And then we lost about another 75,000 of the businesses because all of that money disappeared. You know, people were moved, others retired. Uh, you lose the VA center, which a lot of people were there for medical and when, all of these things. And so realistically, it's like growing up, I'm asking, you know, my parents, where's, where's everybody going? Why are all the houses boarded up? And I, for a long time there from, I would say... You'd look at it from 1999 to about 2014, even 2016. um, You could buy a house in North Highlands for maybe $90,000. And so, and that's a part where a lot of people just didn't realize. And and it really, I mean, we became a really dilapidated area. And so, I got involved because, one, I love the area that I grew up in. And it's it's one of the things that I really remember when I was growing up. And, I mean, growing up in, like, low-income housing, my mother... Even though she didn't really speak English, she would always tell us when we were waiting in the food lines and and all of this, she would say, you may be the poorest Americans, but you're the richest Tongans because you're in America. And you have to be appreciative that you're here because you're worried about the holes in your shoes and you're worried about you don't have the nicest clothes and none of it's name brand and our cereals generic. Mm -hmm. And I prefer generic cereal because I only grew up on it. So I like that (laughs) because name brand is too sweet for me. So, um (laughs) <laughs> but she would always say that, and, and it's it got to the point to where it's like I, I have a deep appreciation for where I'm at because if I had all of these things. But then she would really paint the picture and say, "You have cousins in Tonga right now that were hit with a typhoon, and now they can't even get off the island, mm-hmm. and they're eating potatoes for the next six weeks. And it's a Tonga potato, got taro. It's like a taro root, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's what they have. And 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 you know I I. You could think about it to the sense where it's, oh, I don't have batteries for my Game Boy for the next, yeah. you know, six, yeah, yeah, yeah. six yeah. weeks. You it's know? like
0: that immigrant mentality, though. I've had a couple other people on the podcast talk about it, but it's just like being thankful for what you have because you have a lot more than what other people have.
1: Oh, it's, it's insane. It's uh, And my mother really instilled that value into yeah. us. And, That's a
0: good value to have. Oh,
1: and I love love my mom for it, and and uh, it, it's where a lot of my passion for for this, and and. Why I got political was a lot of people like to complain about what's going on, but nobody really wants to get involved. And, I mean, I'm asking people, elect me. I'll get involved. I'll do it for you because this is something I want to give back. And I've been homeless before. And I've been at the bottom of the totem pole. And it's – I understand the issues of those at the bottom. And I also understand the issues of those at the top as a business owner. And so it's why I wanted to get involved, why I'm running, throw my hat in, into this race of – I've been doing a lot of the work, and I, I just love the Central Valley. I, I think a lot of people just miss out on what's here.
0: Well, we're here at the Central Valley Podcast, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's so. What you said is
1: that uh, like a lot of
0: people complain about stuff, but they don't want to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the reason this podcast started: is that everyone just complains about the Central Valley, complains about it, wants but wants stuff to happen. But how can there be stuff happening if you're always complaining about it? And so. Uh, me and Duffy kind of took it upon ourselves to be like, All right, well, let's like talk good about the area since not one person has been talking good about that. I area. mean, even
1: Joe Rogan is the one, who's, <laughs> yeah,
0: Joe Rogan and Chris Stefano, yeah. yeah, he's
1: he's you know talking crap about us and like, Man, I, why would I want to live if I grew up in Fresno yeah. and like all these things? It's like, Oh, well, I guess they just found the worst place to be, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and that's that's the standard of what Fresno is. But if people go to Fresno, if they come to Merced and they see these areas, and it's like, Hey, maybe if you just went. Five minutes yeah. the other way you would see that there's a huge huge community here that it's it's i mean it's amazing the central valley is so so amazing and it's, i think about the opportunity that i have i showed up to fresno as a walk-on football player i earned a scholarship i got my degree somehow ended up with a big real estate team doing 153 flips a year and working on real estate my own sold 19 homes my first year in real estate got a job with the board of supervisors started working on all these areas and now at 27 years old I'm able to run for the state assembly with a huge amount of support and the individual Jim Patterson is in the seat and he's endorsed me to do this and it's that I believe only happens in the Central Valley because if you're in LA or if you're in San Francisco or all of these areas you're one of the six million yeah you know you're one of those but Fresno is the fifth largest city in California and I can have these one degree of separation in the Central Valley I mean that's what a lot of people see is I mean look I just came up from Fresno to talk yeah, to yeah. you and you know yeah. about the my friends yeah there, yeah yeah and,
0: and it's like I, it, 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 social media is so crazy because mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, like we were talking earlier like we, we know the same or uh, I know your friends but and your friends know who I am but exactly. we don't know each other you yep. know what I mean but it's cool because <laughs> like I have so many like friends on social media that like I'm like like I'm a photographer videographer so mm-hmm. I follow so many people and they follow me and it's like we all are rooting for each other yep. even if we've never actually met but like you're saying the Central Valley is like a land of I feel like it is has great opportunity especially now because I always, I mean, obviously I like sound like a broken record on this podcast, but I feel like the Central Valley is on the come up for the, not maybe for the first time in a long time in the sense mm-hmm. of that people are actually looking at us differently. We're actually showing that, like, we actually have things to do. We actually have, like, it's so crazy to me that people, when they think California, they think of LA, San Francisco and nothing else. But exactly. Like, they don't think about, like, where, hey, a shit ton of your food comes from or where there's, yep. like like agriculture and stuff like that. They think agriculture is like in Midwest states and stuff like that. It's like, no, dude, it's here. It's Yeah, here.
1: it's 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 funny to think about it. It's like in, you know, Florida, they call Florida the, you know, citrus state with oranges, and yet we grow more oranges than Florida. And you, we think about Georgia peaches, and we grow more peaches than the entire state of uh, Georgia. Just and- finished harvest or what? Halfway. Halfway through Halfway. harvest. <laughs> but it's like I, I I think about that. It's That's just in the Central Valley. Like we, we're – We've grown more oranges than Florida and more peaches than Georgia, and yet some people have that stigma that that's where the growing's happening. And, mm-hmm. and no, nope, all of agriculture comes from here where, I mean, it's a, over $100 billion industry right here in the Central Valley, and it's, people don't even think about that.
0: Damn, that's hundred billion?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, significantly more too. And it's way over hundred billion dollars. I just want the numbers I know when that's yeah, just yeah, yeah. that's just you can say cash and receipts that are is on yeah, that. Yeah. That's just transactions, but it's I mean, if you take in land value and all of these other things, I mean it's a lot closer to I would say two hundred and fifty billion dollars in value. Damn. Yep. And even even if you thought about Hollywood. Hollywood brings in like eighty billion dollars. Yeah, that's true. So that means ag is bigger than Hollywood, and then, just, that's crazy to think about. Yep, exactly. And that's a lot of people don't think about it, but when you put it in those terms, it's like, oh, okay, ag really is a huge portion, and it's here in the Central Valley. Mm-hmm. Right? And people just need to think about we're not just a flyover area. Yeah, you know, and they do. And now, like you said, we're we're starting to get gain a lot more traction. People are like, oh. They get to Fresno and they're like, well, I heard it was the, you know, all of this yeah, and dangerous yeah. and everything. And, or they go to Stockton and, and well, maybe Stockton doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> We all don't know, man. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they get to Sacramento yeah. and, and all of these areas and, and you look at it and you're like, wow, it's actually, you know, it's not, it's not what, the media or what San Francisco or LA has portrayed, it's mm-hmm. actually a super close community. I, I really love it here because we have the population. Fresno is the fifth largest city, has a population over five hundred and fifty thousand people. I
0: forget how big Fresno is until I get there, That's and then right I'm like, can't. "Damn, this is a big." Because yep. like most Central Valley towns, if you think of Merced, Modesto, mm-hmm. uh, I think Stockton's pretty big too. But yep. uh, but like you go to our cities, and like I'm so used to being around here, where it's like pretty small. And then like Fresno, it's like, oh, I have to drive across town. All right, I need to wait thirty minutes or an hour in traffic you know what i mean even the traffic in (laughs) fresno is not that bad yeah no no not bad but i'm saying if you were to go from one point of town all the way across mm -hmm. it's like oh this is a fucking massive city it's (laughs) super long but
1: even the county of fresno it's 1.1 million people i mean 1.1 million people that's more than the population of alaska more than the population of (laughs) north dakota south dakota uh wyoming Mm -hmm. so we in one county so if we just looked at the entire Central Valley, we actually have more if you look at the entire population, we have more than the bottom 25 states if you looked at them individually in yeah. mm-hmm. just population. So if the Central Valley was its own state, we'd be about 25 in population. I mean, I, mean, I think that's pretty cool and Yeah, that is dope. And yet we're all connected. Mm-hmm. And
0: yeah, I was going to say it's like what what I would say on the podcast is that we all like no matter where you're raised in Central Valley and I I personally uh claim Sacramento as the Central Valley we talked a little bit before this <laughs> but uh we all have like uh like similar childhoods in the sense like if you were born and raised in Fresno if you're born and raised in Merced, Modesto, Stockton, Sacramento like yeah, they're very far apart, but, like, geographically and everything, it's like there's
1: similar things to do there. You know what I mean? It's more like, you know, us against them kind of mentality, yeah, too. Yeah, it's yeah. like, look, everybody, like <laughs> like I said, Joe Rogan wants to, you know, crap on us a little, a little mm-hmm. bit, and and we're here, we're like, no, we love it here. Yeah, exactly. We, we love it here. And, and And, dude, we get the bad stuff.
0: And mm-hmm. I always tell, every single town has bad areas. Every single town has good areas. Every single place has bad people. Every single place has good people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like— hey, no matter where you're from, just be a good person. That's like my whole thing. It's like, and I feel like there's a lot of
1: people in the Central Valley that are trying to be good people and who exactly. are, are good people. I think we just have a deep appreciation. A, a deep appreciation from where we're from, mainly because everybody else is attacking us. And <laughs> and that's, that's uh, I mean, that's why I love your podcast because you have a deep appreciation for the Central Valley and it's something that uh, I just know it, w- people are finding out. They're starting to find out, and some of us don't even want them to find out because we <laughs> we are being you know we're being a little bit protectionary yeah. and so. But it, but I think when people do find out that we're we're all of these things, population, you know, actually a lot of money and and all of this that are in. I mean, farming is amazing. I mean, the farmers here are the backbone to the entire country yeah. and, and truly feed the world. I mean, that's it's insane.
0: Yeah, that is that is crazy. And then so. Why don't you kind of explain what, what does it mean when you're running for California Assembly? Like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. No friends, who, don't, who, don't, who don't understand? I don't know. People out there listening, maybe me. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the California Assembly, it's very funny. As I talk to individuals, and, and I understand people don't really want to get too political or they don't care that much. But um, the California Assembly, it's the easiest way to just put it. It is the House of Representatives for the state of California. This podcast is brought to you by Marcus Rodriguez. If you're looking to buy or sell your home in this competitive
0: market and you're not too sure where to start, look no further than Merced's preferred realtor, Marcus Rodriguez. He'll make sure the process goes as easy as possible and you can reach him at 209-554-1715. Once again, that's 209-554-1715. You can visit his website, www.myagentmarcus.com or email him info at Thanks again Marcus. This podcast is brought to you by Junk. Freemer said. Everyone has stuff that is taking up space, but not everybody has the time or equipment to do something about it. And that's where Scott Levesey comes in. If you have junk overtaking your garage, yard, that spare room, or even a storage unit, give B-Junk a call at 209-233-1519. Once again, it's 209-233-1519. He'll give you an estimate. And the best part about B-Junk Free Merced is that he will clean up the mess for you. So you just point and he'll clean it up for you. You know how he's not going to drop off a trailer and make you do the work. He's going to make sure that he does the work for you guys. So, go ahead and give Scott Levesey a call at 209-233-1519. Thanks again, Be Junk Free. This podcast is brought to you by Thor. No, not the God of Thunder, the dude who does tattoos in Merced. (laughs) Now, if you're in the Central Valley area and you're looking to get a tattoo, look no further than this dude right here. He's a versatile artist that specializes in black and gray realism. He's located in Merced at the Merced Tattoo and Piercing Company, and if you'd like to make an appointment with him, the best thing you can do is follow him on Instagram. That's at underscore T-H-O-R-E-E-E-E-E. That's at underscore Thor with five E's. You click the link in the bio, and that is exactly how you make the appointment. So... Thank you again, Thor, and please go check them out.
1: So, in California, we call them the Assembly. Um, So, here, our two houses are the Assembly and the Senate. We have 40 senators and we have 80 Assembly individuals. Um, And then, you know, in Congress, you know, they have the House of Representatives. So, technically, I'm just a local version of what a federal congressman Mm -hmm. is. Here, but just on the assembly side, and there's 80 of them that represent about 500,000 per population. So per 80 of them, everyone
0: represents 500,000. Yeah, people, just basically. The, yeah,
1: you just want to. That's where when they redistrict and all of that, they want to be around that line. 500,000. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, plus minus from there.
0: Yeah, yeah, from, give or take.
1: Yeah, yeah. So they're <laughs> they're, they're looking at. Uh, you know, however they want to do the geographical lines. And so the district that I'm running for has uh, the city of Clovis and Fresno. So it's Eastern Fresno County, Eastern Madera County, all of Mariposa, all of Tuolumne, all of Calaveras, all of Mono County, and all of Inyo County. Second largest district in the entire state. And actually, if you looked at it from a state portion. It'd so be is Mammoth in your county? Mammoth then, is in the I county. I love Mammoth.
0: That's yep. my favorite place to go. Oh
1: yeah, well I know people that were just skiing there two weeks ago, and who would so crazy? Who would have thought of
0: skiing? Yeah. Dude, Mammoth still is still snow. Dude, Mammoth- there was like look up how much snow, how much snow. It's a, a this in 2023 season. It's ridiculous. I want to say. At one point, the chairlifts were literally barely over, mm-hmm. like, how much. Uh, well, they had over 700. They broke 700 inches of snow. Whoa. 695 yeah. total inches. Well, there, there are oh, some, some areas that. No, yeah, they did. did that, was, yeah. That, broke, that, yeah. that was 2021. I wonder if. No. Which they got in 2023. Yeah, 715.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah so, wow. Yeah, That's they, crazy. They, and that's it is absolutely well. I mean, even if you looked right there on that, go down. Know, yeah, you'll see the difference between 2022 <laughs> and 2021. 260 <laughs>
0: compared to 715.
1: Yep. dang. And that's uh, yeah. There's still, I believe, there is still snow there. there, there, gonna oh, there still s- is, they're going to be. still They're skiing until August.
0: Well, Tioga just opened up Tioga yeah, Pass last right? week. Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> I don't think Merced County has a building that's 715 inches tall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I think the hospital is the tallest building. And I don't think that's tall enough. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> We don't have any skyscrapers <laughs> over here. <laughs> that's wow. crazy. So you represent all those areas. Yeah. And then, so w- what kind of, so then you help, what do you guys help with through yeah, politics and stuff? Yeah,
1: we create legislation. So a lot of legislation. One of the popular ones was, um, this is a Senate bill. So and that's where a lot of people are hearing, they hear the terms AB and SB. Mm-hmm. It just depends on which house it comes out of, whether it's the Senate or whether it's the Assembly. Oh, SB14. Okay. <coughs> Excuse me. You're good. SB 14 came out of the Senate, but that was a bill that had to deal with, you know, making child trafficking a strikeable offense, putting it on the same level as arson, burglary, and robbery. That's crazy. And that's—but that. But that's what an assemblyman or a senator does. They just propose a bill, and they're allowed to pass legislation.
0: But how does that happen? You know what I mean? Like, how does that bill— Specifically
1: on on SB 14? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, it actually, it passed the Senate unanimously. Every single person voted to make child trafficking a strikeable offense, just like arson, burglary, robbery, bank robbery, all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then it went to the Public Safety Committee um, in the Assembly. So, because in both houses they have their own committees that Mm -hmm. bills, when it comes to policing, you know, criminology, Mm or... uh, Criminal code and all that, they go through these committees. And so when it got to the Public Safety Committee, uh, the Public Safety Committee did not have enough votes to get it over. Only two individuals really voted for it to pass, and the other six stayed out. And I mean, that really bothered me. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that bothered me because I worked with Senator Grove on that bill and I helped create the public pressure campaign because that shouldn't be a conversation like that we shouldn't even be talking yeah it shouldn't even be a debate or like that should have been done when they created three strikes back in 19 what is it 1995 so just for context it it,
0: it wasn't a strikable offense and was, they were trying to make it or were they were bringing it
1: it yeah. was it was to make it a strikable offense technically oh so before it wasn't it even. was not child- how is, that,
0: how, is yeah, how is child trafficking not a
1: strikable offense
0: so you're saying so but before or i guess it's currently, like, what, if you can compare it to, like, a...
1: Uh, it's just not considered a strike. And so three strikes you're out is the California law where you're just in prison for the rest of life. Okay, like if you If you get caught, you know, and that's the thing. It's like I say it. It's like arson. Arson is, you know, vandalism with fire. And so you can go light a building. You get caught with felony arson, that's one strike. You get caught doing it again, that's two strikes, you know. And yeah. then third strike, you're in prison forever. Mm-hmm. Child trafficking was not that. They just sentence you to whatever they sentence you and then... You go and come out, and that's the biggest thing. It's like that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah, long time ago. We're protecting children. Mm -hmm. Like that's the part where it's like it's a common sense bill that I mean I'm very thankful for Senator Grove, and she's endorsed me Mm -hmm. uh, for this this race, and we've we've been working together just to protect children. I mean I think that's something that a lot of people are seeing right now is like how is that an argument? Like how how did that become this? middle ground let's do it because to me child trafficking is a one strike you're out and i don't i don't want the death penalty for these individuals i want them to be in prison yeah because prison will take care of them a whole lot better than than when it comes to the death penalty because you know there's a saying when you go to prison and i have family members that have been in and out and i have this lived experience you know growing up in the situation that i grew up in and you know they would always talk about the terms if somebody had good papers or bad papers and Mm -hmm. If you had good papers, they left you alone. If you had bad papers and you you know, messed around with kids or something like that, they would take care of you, And which is where child trafficking to me, it's a one-strike, you're out. You know, I have friend- yeah, that's what it really should be. Yep. Yeah. I have friends and family that were trafficked, and, and it's something that it's very personal to me. And again, it's another area why I wanted to get involved because— if the state of California can't pass something as simple as that, like, we've got something wrong. Mm-hmm. Something wrong that I just want—and I want to inform individuals about these things. And that's where I look at podcasts like this are important because it's opening up a, uh, a new light to really what's coming out of California craziness. Mm-hmm.
0: Dude, yeah, it is. And then what other issues in California do you think—or, like, for your campaign and stuff, like, what are the things that you focus on?
1: Yeah, well, there, there's there's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's, like, the easiest term that I just get— some people to think about and whether they're, you know, conservative, liberal, independent. You know, I simply just tell them I'm like, we're the fourth largest economy in the world and what do we have to show for it? Can't build the train that we should have had a long time. I want time. that train so bad. We, and and that's the part where I say <laughs> if we if it's really like a lot of just tax accountability if we're the highest taxed state in the entire union where's our cool stuff mm-hmm. where are yeah. our, where's our cool stuff we can't even fix 99 right our now roads you guys are awful, yeah the, exactly <laughs> like that's the part where i look at it when i talk to somebody i was like the fourth largest economy in the world we can't get one train to go from fresno to wasco mm-hmm. like that's not shouldn't be that crazy, and it and, and, and takes, I mean, that was passed in 2008. Dude, yeah, we were, yeah, I remember being a like, freshman in high school during <laughs> that time. I was like, oh,
0: this is going to be cool, like, in 10 years, like, we'll have it. And, like, no, no, we won't. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's, it's, it's <laughs> we don't even see it. We yeah. can't even see anything. We <laughs> were supposed to have a station, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, exactly. The, and then they, the, they cut it down to, like, what do they cut it down to? Bakersfield to, Bakersfield, to, to Fresno. And to then, Fresno or Merced, something no, like that. Well,
1: it's Wasco to Fresno is the first corridor, and then oh. most people don't know where Wasco is. Is that Bakersfield? Uh, uh, it's like— or near? I mean, it would be like Atwater to, to Merced? Merced. Okay, yeah. gotcha. That's the easiest way to put it, yeah. Atwater to Merced, yeah. Yeah. And then—but uh, it's Wasco to Bakersfield. And then—but um, Merced was actually going to be one of the main hubs because that's where the split was supposed to be.
0: Well, because the whole idea was like, oh, we can have people from the Central Valley work in the Bay Area exactly. and come home the same day exactly. and it'd be quick. So it doesn't even make sense to me that— The starting is from is Wasco.
1: It's starting is mainly in Fresno,
0: Fresno, but but to towards the south, Bakersfield. Yeah, Yeah. that doesn't even make sense. On like, it should have came to Merced first. Who's gonna use that? Yeah, you think they would go from the Bay Area or LA, whatever you're gonna do with this? But from Mm. the Bay Area to the inland, you know what I mean? Yeah, we can't even use our money right.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's the part where you just saying that, and it's like I look at other countries that have a smaller. they have a smaller economy than us. They have a smaller tax pool than us. They have a smaller GDP than us, and yet they have all these bullet trains, and mm-hmm. and they have uh, free Wi-Fi. You know, just general Wi-Fi out there, and it's like I even look at the city of Kansas City. You know, Kansas City has free Wi-Fi in a lot of the areas. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, And that's just, it's, it's about tax accountability in California. If we're paying for the highest taxes and, you know, we had the luxury tax of being in California where, you know, we don't have to shovel snow in the winter and our June was the nicest June. And, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people think of that like, yeah, this is why I live here. We don't have tornadoes. And yeah, but everybody's like, oh, there's going to be an earthquake. And I was like, yeah, well, it's, you know. Well, it's been since the 80s. So yeah, we're we're two, okay. miles, we're two hours from anything. So yeah. it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. Like, the, <laughs> if the earthquake happens, we will
0: be beast from property, you guys. So we're okay <laughs> yeah. with that.
1: <laughs> um, and that's that I just want people to just realize, like, you know, yeah, I am paying the most taxes, but I where am I getting the benefit?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like if we could see where it is, then it's like, yeah, it's okay. That's why like European countries like, Exactly. Granted, European countries, like their population is a million people. Yeah. But they're paying like forty percent taxes, but they also have like free public transit and they mm-hmm. have all these things that are useful to them, so yeah. it makes sense. Where it's like us, it's like, we're paying so much in taxes, but what is what do we could like if we could see something And we could, and that's we could exactly. drive on a freeway that wasn't you know well, <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> if,
1: if our freeway was 10 lanes you know 5 on one side 5 hey, on the other we, and, we'd
0: be cool with 3 man yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. I know it's so like especially here in Merced where it doesn't split onto the other side yeah. of the freeway we're sharing a lane <laughs> yeah, with the with opposite, the opposite side of the
0: road that's why I was late yeah, yeah Yeah. I was like he just got here he was like well I'm in the 99 traffic I was like, just he was here. like he was like, why is he here so early because like, he had to Leave early for ninety nine traffic, which you didn't do, man.
1: <laughs> uh, but but that's it, it. Just it gets people to realize what wow we want change in California, and I mean mm. if we want change, you got to vote for change. And and I just talk about it in just a simple way. You know, I I understand that we're in California, and you have obstacles that we have to get through with different things. But it's there's no way that we should have every single massive wildfire every other year there's no way we should have some of the worst traffic in the entire united states there's no way that we can't finish a train that we voted on in 2008 there's no way that we can't build additional water storage in some of these areas mm. that was voted on in 2014 for the farmers that feed mm. the entire uh, united states and the world there's no way that we can't do all of these things and i'm tired of can't california and why can't we you know, why can't we? Why can't we do more for the people? So we're can California.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's your campaign slogan. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's just crazy to me that, like you're saying, like there's all these things that that have been like hindering us. You know what I mean? And so I don't know. I don't know really where I'm going with what I'm talking about well, right it, now. But
1: <laughs> well, even I studied abroad in Australia. In Australia, I was in Sydney, and I went to the International College of Manly. And I, I looked at it, and it's like, How is Sydney, Australia, like the Australian GDP is like minuscule compared to California, just in relative terms. Um, But yet they have a subway system, a transit system that takes you all the way out to the suburb area. They have a trolley system above ground as well. And then they have buses all over the place. I was like, they have all of this? like all we, of them we just want one of those <laughs> <laughs> just just one somewhere and, yeah. and it's we truly and then the way i look at it california can be like a true utopia we have the largest mediterranean climate in the world i mean the largest in the world which makes it really good for growing um it makes i mean we had so we had silicon valley and now it's moving to um austin because you know san francisco is becoming what san francisco is becoming mm-hmm. i mean there's over 150,000 homeless people in L.A. County alone. And that's—we have we have the— uh, And I don't understand how we're
0: throwing so much money at the homeless population or at the homeless situation, yet nothing is improving and everything yeah. is getting worse. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, how can you be throwing that much money away because— it also doesn't make sense to throw that much money at them because then the people who are working on it aren't incentivized to finish it because then what are they going to have? A job afterwards? Yeah, you know well, what I
1: mean? Oh, you hit it right on the head. It's like if you solve homelessness, well, you just lost a lot of jobs. <laughs> okay. And so because mm-hmm. well, most people don't know that actually more than 50 percent of the homeless budget in California actually goes to salaries. They're paying people more money to just work homeless problem than what actually goes to homeless services.
0: And then aren't they—I mean, I don't understand the whole idea of giving homeless people clean drugs and giving them mm-hmm. money and stuff like that. Because in San Francisco, aren't they— Clean they, needles. Yeah, yeah. But in San Francisco, don't they
1: give them like an allowance too? Yeah, $600. $600. Uh, what? A month? $600 a month. You get a free phone. And and that's where like anybody could find videos where it's like some homeless person from Colorado or Texas. They're like, yeah, I came out here. The weather's nice. It never gets too cold. Never gets too hot because I totally get
0: why there's homeless people in a LA land. Why yeah. it's a problem, though, because it's like it's it's 70 degrees all the time. Like, all. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah and, and you get $600 just for being, you know. Homeless. I mean, or it's actually it's a derogatory term now to say homeless. It's unhoused. Mm. So it's unhoused is. I, and i that's another thing that I don't back get. Back in there. my
0: day, we called it home.
1: <laughs> 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 and back in my day was 30 years ago, people. Yeah. That's when I was born. Yeah. So it's not that long ago. <laughs> but that's exactly, like you said, it's like, where—where where is it going? Like, the accountability side of it. Like, that's what we want to see. Like, if we're doing this, at least, like, when I was in Australia, you know, they handled that. And I also went to Norway as well. And when I was in Norway, when they have a surplus budget in Norway, um they actually reinvest it into the retirement account of the population there. Whoa. And I was like, that's... Smart. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> that, yeah. It was super, it, very cool. I, I love that. And they actually, and,
0: you know, climate... I feel like our people are like, oh, we had this much excess. We need to make sure we spend it so that way next year They don't okay. take the budget yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. That's, which
1: is exactly what happened. Last year we had a $92 billion surplus. This year we're on track for a $60 billion deficit. How? <sighs> How? And if Norway, which is a population of five million people, can then reinvest, like, I mean, it was pretty close, like, a lot that they reinvested into the retirement account of the people. That's a, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. And and I'm not saying, like, I, I support a lot of what they do because I, you know, I believe that our government role is in embolden the individual and just protect our liberties. And so mm-hmm. that's where my role for the government is. If somebody wants to be the best human being that they want to be, it is the government's, you know, job to just protect those foundational values. And that's the simple way that I look at it. Um, but— If we're going to do all these things and we're going to have a $92 billion surplus, it'd be pretty dang cool if uh, the state of California reinvested that into pensions or into uh, retirement accounts for the people that when you hit a certain age, you just, hey, you know, I did that because I am the taxpayer who paid for that. It's not the state Mm -hmm. of California's money. It's every single one of us who pays a sales tax, a property tax, an income tax, another tax Mm -hmm. on gas, another tax on our car. We have all of these... That it's what do we get
0: for it? Yeah, like we're, show us what it's going to. You know exactly. What I mean? And then so all, one of the things I want to talk about is like you're pretty young for running for a California Assembly. Oh, yeah. So what? How do? What do you kind of say to people who are kind of question, you know, like, hey, this guy's really young. Like, does he really know what he's doing?
1: Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something that I just I say that it's like, well, if you if you equate age and wisdom, uh, you know, then you probably think that we have the smartest president uh, <laughs> of all time, and so
0: I <laughs> and think- the, the smartest people and our and our politicians and everything. Because right now we got a bunch of seventy year olds. <laughs> well,
1: they're not seven. They're eighty. Dude, yeah, they're, they're right. eighty years old. Which the, <sighs> President Joe Biden will actually, if he I believe gets passed this year will be older than the age of life expectancy. He's actually old, or he's already older than the age of life expectancy in the United States for a male. I mean, that's that's just something that I just think it's like looking at it and our general population. Millennials make up the largest population in the in the entire United States. But we really, we're so we're bigger than baby boomers. And we're, everything? we're bigger than boomers now. Yeah. So and that that happened within the last like four years. And so, uh, we are the largest generation we don't really vote, and so a lot of the messaging is tailored to, uh, you know, Gen X and the mm-hmm. boomer generation, but but it's where a lot of my message is just telling people, it's like, let's get active. Like, this is a, a new, it is a new world. You know, it's a new world even from 2007 when iPhone was introduced and in 2008 social media was introduced. Mm-hmm. You know, the world has shifted vastly, mm-hmm. and but we don't have enough representatives that are like ourselves that just, that understand it just in a different way. We have like a handful, huh, right? Uh, if I win, I'm 27 years old. By the time I, and I'll speak it into existence, yep. by the time I win, yeah, there we go. Um, I will be 28 years old. And um, uh, I will be the youngest member in in the state assembly. Wow. Dang. Like at 28 years old. And what most people don't even realize is that when, and using Joe Biden as an example, Joe Biden was 26 years old when he got elected into the Delaware a, senator he was a st- oh, state wow. senator and so he was at that age because it was actually normal for individuals our age yeah so to somewhere be, over the years it just
0: became that like the same people who are in politics stayed in politics they and just no left. young yeah they never left and
1: mm-hmm. uh, but then it's crazy they never left and medicine got better yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly
0: but it's crazy because it's like you need like let's say there's all those older people who are involved in everything. It's like, how can they even relate to Hmm. our generations and then generations who are younger than us, which like, it's crazy because we're millennials, so... And, and you would think that the, what is the next generation? The one Gen behind Z the, yeah. Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think that, like, it's crazy to me because, like, I feel like an old man sometimes when I'm like, man, I don't even understand them anymore. You know what I mean? But, like, mm. if, if we're having a hard time understanding them, how can these people who are, are active politics have understanding of, if they can't understand us, they're not going to understand the newer generation. Yeah, which is
1: why there's a huge disconnect. You know, it's a huge disconnect where the younger people don't want to get involved because, you know, they just, they, they just They're different practices. You know, we grew up with cell phones, social media, all of these different things. And, you know, we're quite a bit more laxed when it comes to some areas. And those and a lot of the, uh, you know, the generation before us, they just they're kind of uncomfortable, you know, when because if you're seeing the next generation come up, they feel like, oh, they're pushing us out. But, I mean, it is a natural transition. Don't you guys want to retire? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and that's where it's like I, I really do respect, have deep respect for those that came before us. and it's And it's working with them. And I say, like, we've always talked about supporting the next generation, especially when it comes to politics. And where I've been asked is, like, oh, when are we going to take the next step? You know, when is the next generation going to step up and do something about it? And then I step up and do something about it. But then I I met with opposition. Like,
0: that's not how we do things around here type of deal.
1: And I met with opposition specifically because they just feel uncomfortable. They just feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because it's like, hey, I want to try, you know, this with social media and let's do this. And they're like, well, if I need a printout paper, like, I don't like that you send it just to my email. And I, you know, it's just, it's a different mindset. Yeah, it's like, hey. Hey,
0: old man! I'm just kidding. No,
1: <laughs> I never say that. So. No, no, you don't.
0: <laughs> it's me, you guys. <laughs> no, that's cool. And then, uh, so what? What? Uh, what else is going on in California that you think people should know about? Like, like I just feel like there's a lot of that like it's like. I used to try to like in 2020 I was like trying to be involved in politics cuz I want. there's nothing else to do in reality, Oh. No, no, you know man. what I mean I think maybe uh, you were on the phone right before the election trying to like read through the booklets and being like is this is this a good idea should we go for this <laughs> yeah, <And> like yeah. <laughs> just going Exactly all the- but like uh, I guess just or we don't even to talk about California but like what do you think is unique about the Central Valley compared to the rest of California
1: Well I mean th- there's actually one thing that I really i've been thinking about specifically and and it's something that we can just do to like lower this podcast is brought to you by blaker brewing the official beer of the podcast located
0: in Atwater and series this brewery offers not only delicious tasting beer but great events that bring the whole community together and this month on august 25th that's a friday night make sure your calendars are free from 7 p.m to 2 a.m it's after work you guys you everyone can make it. This is a 21 and older event called Deja Brew. It's going to be located at the Tarmac, and it's basically their EDM festival. They got techno music, you guys. They got a whole bunch of DJs. They got performers including Spook, Berman Boys, Evoltant, and so much more. There's going to be food there. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be beer. There's going to be mixed drinks. It's just going to be a blast. I'll be there filming it. So make sure you guys are free on August 25th from 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. for their Deja Brew event. Thanks again, Blaker. This podcast is brought to you by Crybaby Wine. Proudly located in Fresno, Crybaby Wine offers you your favorite delicious tasting wines like Chardonnay, Cabernet, and everything in between. Not only do they have these great tasting wines, but they also have delicious de-alcoholized CBD wine. Infused with CBD and CBG, these wines help reduce anxiety and alleviate stress. You can find their products at crybabywine.com, and if you live in Fresno County, you'll receive free delivery. Once again, check them out at crybabywine.com and follow them on Instagram at crybabywinecalifornia. Use CVP, yes, that's right, use the code CVP to get a percentage off of your next order, you
1: guys. Once again, use code CVP. Thanks again, Crybaby. It's something that, uh, well, and this is what I've been thinking about. Like, it's just easy step solutions that, uh, on my part, where I just say it's common sense for California. So back in 2002, there was a bill, uh, SB... 1078. So, so a Senate, right? Senate bill. Look See? at me,
0: I'm learning, you guys. Right, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Senate bill 1078 created these uh, the Energy Reviews Commission, as I, I believe. And so, but it created the standards that made um, any power generation plant that created over 30 megawatts of power generation. It said that they are not considered green or renewable unless, other than wind, solar, and I'm forgetting what the the third one was, but wind and solar is probably the main two. Um, so what that means is that our dams like don pedro Mm -hmm. and the big helms project in fresno county these are gravity fed water hydroelectrical facilities they're not considered green or renewable energy even they're not they are not considered green or renewable energy because they produce over 30 megawatts and that's an area where we can reduce public utility costs electrical costs right now by a simple just erase a line mm-hmm. and actually include large scale hydro. And if we can do that, we will be able to increase our power generation without adding a single carbon emission and without building a single new power generation plant. That is a common sense solution that I specifically talk about. And it was carried a bill by Assemblyman Jim Patterson, the individual who's the incumbent in the seat, and he has endorsed me to replace him and carry his message forward. He created, he wrote that amendment to it to include large-scale hydro. That was killed. In 2018, your former Assemblyman, Adam Gray, had the same thing. And in 2019, your former senator, uh, Anna Caballero, wrote the same thing just a specific inclusion of Don Pedro. The fact that we're saying no to just adding electricity to this and we have rolling blackouts. Mm-hmm. Like, what fourth largest economy in the world has rolling blackouts? Yeah. Like, that's that should just tell everybody. That's the signal right there that says, like, yeah, something's wrong. But we can just rewrite that legislation. Simple wordage. Include large-scale hydro. We do that. Uh, we'll be able to reduce cost immediately, which helps those at the bottom that you know, maybe they're trying to save another $20, $30 a month and on yeah. p- power generation. People don't understand. Like, I feel like some people, it's like they can't even
0: put themselves in other people's shoes where it's like, hey, like, yeah, my, you might think it's small, $20, $30. But for some people, that's like, hey, there's another meal right there.
1: Well, that's the part where, you know, growing up in the sense that I grew up, I remember when $20 used to get us five gallons of gas. And I knew that the—
0: That's the, crazy to think about.
1: Well, and the Mazda— uh, what was it? It was like the Mazda CRV, the, mm-hmm. the van, or, or yeah, whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> uh, I would look at it, and I drove one of those, and I'd say, "Okay, these five five gallons would get me about you know let's let's be conservative, fifteen you know fifteen miles." Um, and so I would somewhere have around a hundred and something miles to drive, and then I would allocate like if I'm going here or I'm going here because I grew up extremely poor. I mean, extremely poor in the worst neighborhood in North Highlands. I understand that. Like I understand all the way that the extra twenty, forty dollars in not having rolling blackouts, you know, makes sense for those at the bottom of the totem pole.
0: Mm-hmm. Dang, dude. do
1: you think they they don't want to add that to the bill because it'll take away too much money from the top? Like from, I the think utility it, companies. Uh it it may be just, and that's I'm not. I would say that it's it's just. There are some individuals, especially back in 2002, where some of the environmentalists—I mean, I'll just say it. They didn't support—they don't support dams. They don't like dams because, because they— Because they mess up the e- uh, ecosystem yeah, because they're or un, Because they're unnatural, and so if you include large-scale hydro, then technically— some people would say, well, we can build more dams and reduce power electrical generation. And then, you know, individuals who are, you know, extreme environmentalists and the ones who. So what are our dams doing then if we're not using them for that? No, they they, they do, generate, power. They generate just, power, but they're limited because.
0: The, but, they, but they could generate more power if they yes. passed it, right? Yeah,
1: because that uh, SB 1078, what it did, it limits the power generation of those that are not considered green and renewable. That's crazy. And, and we have man, uh, it's man-made rolling blackouts because it, that's literally what it is, because we don't have enough uh, power generation because simply they limit it because of the law.
0: Well, and think about it. our energy consumption now is obviously way higher than 20 years ago.
1: Well, and that's what I tell people. I was like, the, you want to know what California crazy is? California crazy is demanding that every single new vehicle in 2035 is going to be an electrical vehicle. And yet we're not building a single additional power generation facility. That's crazy! Like, how can you mandate every new vehicle sold in California is going to be a electrical vehicle, and yet you have no plans to build additional electrical stores? And when
0: the base model of electric cars are like thirty thousand dollars, how are you going to expect people who can barely afford a two thousand dollar car
1: to exactly. go buy this? Yep, exactly. And that's the part where, again, that policy to me, that's not compassionate for those at the bottom. That now you're just telling them like, yeah, just go buy, go buy an electrical vehicle. It's like, whoa. I grew up, you know, extremely poor. You're just telling me to go, just go pick up what and buy a thirty thousand yeah. dollar vehicle, a sixty thousand dollar Tesla, which you know is a cheap Tesla. Uh, it's like yeah. there's no way, there's there's no way that this is something that was thought about. And it's it's a lot of these policies are coming out hidden under the guise of compassion. Yeah, so I feel like a lot
0: of things in politics, it's like it'll be like 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 for I mean, for example, like the Patriot Act, and it had all these other th- mm-hmm. like small little things in it. Like, why is our I, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of asking broadly, but, like, why is our government doing stuff like that where, you're like, you have a bill that, bill that needs to be passed, same thing with the pandemic, a lot of things that got passed, like, secretly hidden within... Uh, you talking a, about, b- like, writer bills? Uh, Yeah, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, other stuff that... Yeah, can, that gets added that, that makes no sense on why it's connect, connected with this bill. And it'll just pass. With, yeah, it'll pass with oh, everything else, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, just for... I mean, this is why it, it's so interesting and just, I mean, I tell people, like... People like the Game Game of Thrones, like the TV show, yeah. because of all these, like, intricate things. And so the reason why they do that is because they know they never pass independently. And so you attach it to a bill that it's like, oh, let me throw this on there. Because if I throw this on there, and if you're a powerful member of whatever committee or anything like that, you can always attach. That seniority is, I mean, it's a lot. It weighs a lot. Um, where, you know, you tell somebody what to do, and they'll do it. I mean, that's just the way the world works. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So somebody will throw something on there because they know the only way they can get it passed if it's on some of these larger bills, and so and that's that's really where if you're playing the Game of Thrones, yeah. you've got to play the Game of Thrones and and all of these things and it's it's interesting, you know it's really interesting, and it's like I like doing stuff like this because now I just get to hey let's let's get everybody on the same page. It's the informative portion of where we can just uh you know get people to really understand where, oh, okay that's why we have rolling blackouts because of SB 1078 and the limits to power generation yeah because
0: right now yeah because I feel like like when I talk to you it's like oh I'm understanding a lot of stuff but if
1: it's like if I if it's just some like some some
0: 30 page thing that I have to read yeah. it or something like that it's like that. no one's doing that yeah <laughs> I am but we don't I'm a nerd. have enough uh, we don't have a lot of uh transparency I feel like mm-hmm. with the government you know what I mean so that's why it's cool having you on here and being able to be like hey this is what's going on this is why it's going on and it's like you're saying People don't want to get involved with it, but hey, elect me, and I'll get involved with it, and then I'll explain it to you guys on what's going on.
1: But it, it just—I it, mean, like I, like I was saying, I was like, I like reading it because, you know, people like reading novels and all that stuff, and I like reading policy just because it's, it's it's like playing chess to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it is it is just a big—it's it just like playing chess where people are strategic on some of these things and what are they doing, and then I, I really, really am fascinated by— understanding somebody's thought process you know it's just like with that SB 14 that was a child trafficking one mm-hmm. um the the individuals who didn't vote for it simply you know they said that oh it's because they believe that three three strikes disproportionately hurts black and brown individuals then i look at that and i read redress the argument and i said well it disproportionately helps black and brown victims you know and and but a lot of people aren't looking at it that way and we're kind of we're we're dancing around these things and again it's it's a lot of these policies come hidden under the guise of compassion you know they just say like hey I'm your friend this is what I'm passing but they, they don't ever want to tell you the consequences like mm-hmm. they don't tell you the consequences of uh, power generation and limiting it mm-hmm. you know they don't tell you that oh yeah it comes with rolling blackouts but we're saving the environment that's yeah. the compassion part of it or but We're not going to build any more dams because there's no incentive to build dams. You know, it's like... We've
0: built all the dams, you guys. Well, they
1: actually just... Took down a dam off of the Klamath River. Oh, so really? We've actually lost a dam. We're losing dams, people. Yeah, which that was unfortunate. Yeah. I'll say that. And so, but it's it's a lot of these things, especially in California, and and people nowadays are more emotionally based. And so, if we can't appeal to the emotion, then we'll never connect to the people. And so, we really need to do a lot better than that. And just being, and that's I, I say that regardless of you know your your views. I was like, we just need to be more people oriented.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I agree and then how how do you think the, like because right now there's so much division over our country on mm-hmm. left versus right and how do you think we can like bridge the gap to like work together
1: I just think it's common sense like I, I think there's a big want out there Um, and, and if you can if I can mens- message something like you know hey let's let's make dams like produce more power so it's cheaper for those who live in disadvantaged communities mm-hmm. you know that's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. It's not an independent thing. It's just small wins. I will say this. I I think it's moving back because we 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 do see that it's like very divided. I don't know if the country. I I I honestly believe that the country hasn't been this divided since pretty close to the Civil War, Mm -hmm. you know. And it hasn't been this divided since pretty close to the you know, truly the Civil War, you know. Especially where if the argument and and there is a deep divide in just that mentality because. And it's easy to paint the picture when you say child trafficking was an argument. Like, we are now arguing whether that should be serious offense. Like, there's a big riff right there because that and it's a worry of mine. So, bridging the gap on common sense wins, these wins here, and and then just getting people to say, like, if we can be— Central Valley focused, you know, if we can be California focused where we just create a better environment for the people here And then we uphold public safety. I think that's something that a lot of people have degraded that message But if you don't have rules and laws and standards and their standards are malleable You will lose a society that isn't documented in history when they start changing laws to being a lot more subjective laws oh, that person went through this, this, and this, and therefore we're not going to charge them with that. Now you're making subjective laws. It's something that I thought about in a uh, it was like a local case that was happening where somebody told somebody else that it's like, well, you may have followed, and the other person was an activist, and they said, you may have followed to the letter of the law, but did you follow the spirit of the law? And the individual goes, what the hell does that mean? like i just i look at the law i follow it just like the person before me i followed it just like the 10 other individuals but what is the spirit of the law which means subjective laws that it's up for interpretation that does not work in a society yeah you can't do it like you cannot have subjective laws
0: yeah because then it's just everyone taking their own interpretation exactly of it. yep and i mean if you do that then it's just
1: but well, th- then it's off. not a law it's a suggestion yeah <laughs> Like it's that's it. It's like it's like, hey, we just suggest that you don't run a red light. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly, dude. Yeah. That's crazy to me. And, and it, to me, it's just like it's funny. So, like, I used to like when the pandemic was going on, and everything like that. I was like, I was like, oh man. Like, I was identifying more with the left. You know what I mean? And it just because it's like you are being fed all this stuff on Instagram, social media, like that. And then, then like everything kind of calmed down and everything. And then now it's like, in my personal opinion, things are getting. I don't know, it's like, basically what I'm trying to say is that people are so far left and people are so far right, but yet I feel like most of the country would agree that they're somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. And so how is the left being so loud, uh, who are extreme left and the right are being so loud, who are extreme right, yet majority of the country for sure is like in the middle. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, like we just, we want things to be a little cheaper. We don't want inflation to be like triple since the pandemic. You know what I mean? And it's just, I think that having good people, having maybe, I don't know if, younger people is the actual answer. But having people who can explain to the older politicians what, what, what their demographic feels like, you know?
1: Yeah, 100%. And that's where it, I just look at when it comes to, to certain things, it's like we now have the case study. We know what San Francisco and some of those policies is if you go, you know, extreme one way. And we've seen what there's case studies of, you know, super nationalism when it comes mm-hmm. to what happened in Germany. Like we know what extreme right is and we know what... I mean, if you look at San Francisco, I mean, they're giving out free drugs with no recourse of them sending them to a rehab facility, and now they have a 35% vacancy on commercial buildings, like, in one of the most expensive, used to be the one of the most beautiful cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, we know, like, okay, let's not do that. Like, that's our case study. And then, yeah, yeah we look at Germany, and we're like, let's definitely not do that. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You
1: know, and that's where I think most people, exactly like you said, are, are in the middle, and where if you just say, like, hey, I want, I want public safety to be at the forefront i love our police officers i love our firefighters i love our ems services um and it's like i want them to be taken care of and to uphold laws and to do so and be a member of the community and then i also want public utility to be cheaper because if it's cheaper it saves more money in my pocket i'm able to be an active member of the community i can enjoy the things that life you're supposed to enjoy and it's you know i want cleaner streets and i want proper forest management so people like me where my family's property doesn't need to burn down and we don't have to worry about whether fire insurance is going to be lended into or fire insurance is going to be granted to individuals in the forest because if you don't get fire insurance you can't buy a house or you can't sell a house that was
0: big here with the floods that happened in merced county there's like some areas like from the last flood that's like oh you can't get flood insurance exactly yeah
1: well and then but stuff like that it actually it's the people in the middle, they just they just want to see. And most, like I said, most people hate politics. They don't want to do it, but it's just just because it's just not seen in the light of like, yeah, it, it this is actually what really affects your life, and you have to get involved one way or the other. You know, and that's where like a lot of these moms are getting involved right now because of some of the things that are coming out with, you know, they're kind of tampering on parental rights, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, yeah, what was that one? Didn't one just pass? Uh, so or I believe it's on the it's both are on the governor's desk or one and so that was AB 665 and AB 957 and so they work kind of hand in hand uh together one was basically and this is this is my issue so with 665 why are they changing the rule to where it says you cannot tell parents i mean that's what it is it's an adjustment to um it's an adjustment to some civil code that's what it is it's an adjustment to the civil code saying like hey when we you know your child is going through some things You do not inform your parents. I have an issue with that. I mean, I think parents should be informed with everything unless there's documented physical abuse. You know, unless there's documented physical abuse and the child's true welfare um, is being disadvantaged, you know, that's – then you can say, like, hey, maybe we can find something. But not when it's coming about their mental health and especially things that are happening at the school when it comes to certain kinds of indoctrination. Mm -hmm. The fact that you're saying, let's not tell the parents, that's an issue for me. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, that's, just a, that's just an erosion, and that's why a lot of people, they don't agree with that. And that's something that is very small amount of people agree with that, but they're extremely loud extremely loud individuals, but very, very little, um, support that. And so, and then 957 was a change to the judicial code that basically says if a parent doesn't factor in gender affirming ideology, um, when they go to fight to get their kids back from the judicial system, if they were taking away because they weren't told that they were taking their child away, uh, then the courts cannot grant the child back. That's, I mean, that's another one. It's like, that's insane. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy, dude. Yeah, and so they're basically, so that's where I have an issue when it comes to state, uh, the state of California becoming the arbiter of morality and values. Values come from the culture in which you belong. Right, your
0: family, right? Your family. It's like
1: things that you're brought up doing. It's not what the state state wants. Yeah, Yeah. And they're trying to make a flat line. You either agree with the state or we'll take your kids away and we'll make sure that the courts don't give them back. That's what th- both of those do. And, and, so we'll, and they, when they do that, we won't tell you that we're going to do that.
0: So did those – do you say those passed? Or in, uh,
1: they're, they're on the governor's desk. Yeah, okay. They're on the governor's desk, and I think there's there's really a chance to keep kind of fighting back uh, against them, uh, mainly because the governor wants to run for president. I mean, mm-hmm. we know that. The writing's on the wall. What's happening with the presidency right now is, yeah. is, uh, is kind of happening. But the it, – it, it's – a lot of parents are saying, like, whoa – we don't agree with that. You know, I have never would have thought that. I've seen,
0: like, so many videos of school board meetings and stuff like that where the schools are, like, trying to be like, oh, no, don't give us your input. We don't want to hear any of this exactly. stuff. And it's just like, how? It's like their kids are in a public school. Exactly. And you don't want to hear the comments from the parents
1: that are – which, which is most people, they forget. Public schools are funded by the taxpayers, 100%. You know, just as much as a lot of people, like I actually got a call today when I was working for the county. And, uh, you know, it wasn't a happy individual, wasn't a constituent in our district, but I was really trying to help her. Um, and as I was asking these questions, she said, you know, hey, I pay your salary. You listen to me. And I was like, I understand. Um, of course, like, you know, you do. That's the same thing for teachers. Yeah. Principals all of them their PTA or the board taxpayers pay their salaries they listen to you and for somehow we've given a lot of these individuals like the idea that it's like nope parents don't know parents don't know what is right for their kid we do and that's that that was actually a quote from an assembly member that said that uh teachers know better than parents do, and we should listen to the teachers. And I forget which member was that that said it, but somebody out of LA or near the Glendale area um, literally said, we should listen to teachers because they know what's better for their kids. I I was like, whoa.
0: Listen, I had some crazy teachers growing up, you guys, and that is not the (laughs) case, man. I had this dude, I mean, there's a little segue here, but I had this dude who was my teacher, and he was my mom's teacher as well, so that tells you how old the dude was. He must have been like 69, 70-ish, you know what I mean? He would Chain smoke cigarettes in his uh in his car <laughs> literally within the wintertime windows rolled up and then he'd come in and literally he would say like crazy stuff like he would walk around with one of those baseball bats you get at a stadium and then if someone fell asleep like a small one yeah he, if someone fell asleep on their desk he would hit their desk right next to their head every single time he would talk about banana boat and commies all the time but like what i'm saying is <laughs> here you guys he was crazy he, was, he came with a nicotine patch on his forehead and the back of his neck one time fall asleep <laughs> while talking dude He was crazy but what i'm saying is Teachers don't always know best. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That was my teacher at one point, you guys. Uh, was
1: that here in Merced?
0: Uh, yeah, I was at M- uh, McSwain School. Mr. Gannon, shout out to you, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I don't know if he's live. Sorry, <laughs> no, David. No, no, no. This podcast is brought to you by Connor Manufacturing Incorporated. They are a local family owned and operated machine shop that services the Central Valley, and beyond. They specialize in complex parts using the -the state-of-the-art manufacturing processes. Now, if you are interested in using their services, you can send all RFQs through their website at www.connormfg.com. Once again, if you're interested in their services, please send all RFQs through their website at www.connormfg.com. Also, make sure to follow them on Instagrams. Connor underscore MFG. Once again, that's at C-O-N-O-U-R underscore MFG. Thanks again, Sean. This podcast is brought to you by Delta Farms Trucking. They have been serving the Central Valley region for over 50 years, specializing in ag transportation and hay sales. They understand the importance of reliable transportation services within the ag industry, along with the vital role that high-quality hay plays in livestock. With their expertise in both areas, they strive to provide comprehensive solutions that meet the needs of both ag and dairy farmers. Call Spencer Vieira today at Delta Farms Trucking at 209-761-1465. Once again, that's 209-761-1465. Thanks again, Spencer.
1: No, I love that. I mean, I love hearing about the stories in Central Valley.
0: Yeah, and it's like, in reality, all I'm trying to say is that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, nobody knows best. You know what I mean? You can have an opinion on something, but that's why we need to talk about things at the end of the day. It's like, hey, you have an opinion about something. The parents have an opinion about something. Let's talk about it.
1: But someone just saying no. Yeah, well, and that's where the state and the government, I don't believe the government has the right to make a line. Where it's like you can't just – it's not a broad brush that you get to paint and say like you believe in gender-affirming care or not. Because in my idea and like the way I think about it, I mean that means that you're telling like Indians, Sikhs, Muslims, Christians, Jews, other individuals that just believe in basic biology or other things. You're telling all of them, you know. And it doesn't – you don't have to be religious and you don't have to be non-religious, secular, non-secular. Um to just say like hey i don't I just don't agree with that like personally like i I want to raise my child the the way that I want to raise them without your values and morality as a f- line that I have to now cross that's not the government's role, and that's where it scares me when it comes to California and th- these things, and that's why that was a huge reason why I wanted to get involved and it's it's just very simple things you know that's just let's embolden the individual and protect their rights and liberties Mm. and you want to have a fun podcast then it's right they can't they shouldn't police what you have to say
0: on the podcast oh man I'd be I'd be goner goner. (laughs) (laughs) no exactly it's like it's our it's the foundations that our country were built on you Mm -hmm. know what I mean it's like and all we're
1: trying to do is uphold those things yeah yeah at the end of the day embolden the individual let them be free you know let let you know you want to enjoy who you want to enjoy you want to dress like you want to dress like it's not my right and i am a small government conservative it is not my right to tell you what you can and can't wear it is not my right you know to tell you like how you want to live your life as an adult and and what you want to conduct yourself as it's not my right because i'm i believe the government doesn't have a right to police morals and values and this is a
0: little random question but like what what people in politics or presidents do you like kind of look up to or like their policies and stuff like that like like i'm talking about like way back in the day and i actually like uh,
1: well (laughs) this is ulysses S. grant okay he's gotcha, is a, is yeah. a really 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 deep thinking mm-hmm. individual and it was unfortunate he actually became an alcoholic later in his life and mm-hmm. and all of this but he was somebody that just really looked at you know unity within the country and i'd say Frederick frederick Douglass mm-hmm. is somebody and he was never a president but um he's somebody that i i I mean, I usually have a speech in my head, but I, I'm just not blanking out right now. But he talked about there was this one time where the United States was built off of these principles and values, and we have not lived up to to that. And that's where we were talking about the free man mm-hmm. and, you know, his uh, his speech to make sure to get rid of slavery because slavery is like, you know, it, it is a an evil that was in the past of the United States, but it's an evil that was in the past world. So it's mm-hmm. not something that is just United States focused. And so— But when he gave that speech, it's such a powerful speech, and so then I, I, I I mean, I really do love Ronald Reagan. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a big Reagan fan. I'm taking pictures with statues Mm -hmm. when I I did a tour of the Capitol, and and, uh, that I think he he did a good job at really just uniting the country. And that's you can tell that because he won 49 out of 50 states. Yeah, that's crazy. In 1984, and but he took office after Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter had the highest inflation rate. You know, we had that gas craze because, you know, they, they limited gas production and all of this in the 1970s. And um, so they had, you know, all of the issues that we're kind of going through today. And then Ronald Reagan came into office and then his um, – uh, the chair of the Federal Reserve changed interest rates to 17%. were the interest rates. Home prices were significantly lower. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a $20,000 house at 17%, still quite a bit more affordable. Mm -hmm. Um, But he did that because once you have high interest rates then you have a high interest savings account that you can go and you can invest. Because most people don't know that interest rates aren't just housing, it's actually what the banks can hold for your reserves and pay you back. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a 17% interest rate, I'll tell you this, if there's a bank out there that has a 17% <laughs> high interest savings account, you better be into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, just, and I'm not a financial advisor, but that's a, that's a win. There's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. not a single bank out there that does that. But what that does is actually pulls money off the market because um, you know we're overheated and overstimulated and so it pulls money off the market to where now people have like savings and all of this and it really really made it to, to the point where interest rates started coming down but then the economy boomed because people were in better positions financially they weren't worried about not making the next month's payment or the mortgage or all of these things they were just financially stable because you know some of those so he did what was necessary to be done and I add that to the policy of the difference between when Joe Biden came in the office is like they did this step-up basis you know, they went up half a point, half a point, half a point. You know, and we went from three percent interest rate to three and a half to four, and and all of these things, which it just drags it out. Where he was like, yeah, this. You know, Leroy Jenkins, 17%. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leroy Jenkins. Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. And 17%. And so made it. But it it got people ready to go. So even though he took those necessary things that were detrimental, he was very he was a great communicator. He can communicate to people about why it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And, like, then by 1984, you know, he wins all of the states. You know, and they basically. his
0: second term that he won almost all yeah, of them? Yeah,
1: second state. Yep, the second term. What was the one he didn't win? Do you know? But no,
0: he what? Oh, he won every single state the second time. No, I'm saying no, he, no, he, he won yeah. like 49 49 right? out of 50. But, but what
1: was the? What I was think the, it was Hawaii. Oh, yeah, I think it was Hawaii. I'm not sure, but I know it was 49 out of the 50 states. Yeah, so. yeah, and I was just curious. But he, <laughs> like, I mean, it was the largest vote total. I mean, he, he sweep, he sweep huh? Yeah, A sweep, <laughs> basically, from, from an electoral standpoint, yeah. it mean, wasn't even remotely close. Yeah. So, um, it was in that I mean, that's generally who I like to look up to mm-hmm. and, and, and just focus when it comes to just specific presidents, there's all of the other policy guys and -hmm. and just, I'd say great Americans, you know, Mm -hmm. great Americans like Frederick Douglass and Ulysses S. Grant Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, what he's done and, and just people who just put America first. You know, I like, Mm -hmm. I like putting, you know, our, our ideas and values because we need to protect people here. It's like how we send so much money
0: to other people. It's like, Hey, why don't we focus on that?
1: But it's like here. (laughs) Well, we got 150,000 homeless in LA County, and it's like, you know, it doesn't take money to do that, but it takes presence. Like, we need to be present here. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, if we got all of these issues, like, we can't, you know, we can't be an indoctrination in another country if we're not even at a point to where, I mean, we should be, I mean, we should have, you know, spaceships and lasers and, yeah, you know, yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. we should be in Mars already yeah, and, yeah. you know, that's you, just forward thinking in that way where we're looking at progressing mm-hmm. truly, like, and I say pr- true progression of, of our nation, you know, and, I mean, the fact that we built the Big Helms project was in, like, the 1920s, that's that power generation facility, mm-hmm. damn, that was considered a modern marvel, I mean, it could produce very cheap energy that could power the entire county of Fresno and all of this, that was built in the 1920s and, we can't do something marvelous now. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, let's, let's be marvelous again. Yeah. Like, I
0: like that. Yeah, I do too. That's cool. And, and then, uh, if people want to kind of find out more about you, what you represent, is there like a website or something that they yeah, can go yeah. to? Yeah, they can
1: always go to David Tangipa. The easiest way to spell my name is a Tang IPA. Um, I do... Tangy IPA. No, Tang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. He'll look it up yep. that way people can Dot see com. it. Uh, for assembly. So, David Tangipaw, for assembly. And then .com, so they can kind of read. Oh, there, there I am.
0: There you are, dude. Look at that. That was was that somewhat recently?
1: Yeah, that was actually about a month and a half ago. Right, I think ago. I
0: saw. I was going through your stuff and I saw. Yeah, and so
1: I. I and was that in Fresno? In Fresno, right at Fresno State. I mean, that's where it really grounded my roots. I went from homeless to home, and and that's and do where you I have settled
0: down. Family in Fresno too? Nope. No, so nope. you're
1: just kind of like a lone wolf out here. Uh, I have my uh, Sign- my girlfriend there. another. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. So uh, she's there, and and her family, and I consider her family yeah, my of course, family. Of and, course. I've, and you know, I've I've got some things I got to do on my own. So on that part, <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> just put that out there. So um, <laughs> uh, so she knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She okay. was with her family yesterday. Her brother got uh, his his PhD, and. Um, he got engaged like a week ago, and she, she's
0: just looking at you. Yeah, were they had, were they together longer or shorter than you guys?
1: Uh, shorter. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's the that's <laughs> the thing.
1: <dude>. Well, actually, <laughs> so, every one of her siblings are now either engaged and married. We've been together. You're like,
0: hey, we need to give them a little gap. We can't yeah, just be yeah, having yeah. a we need a wedding every 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 year, yeah, or not every out, single. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but we've been together
1: longer than all of her. siblings. <laughs> and she has a twin sister, so that didn't help. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, she sent me her ring size. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always those hints, man. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I figured yeah. It out. But yeah, uh, ours I, was. I'm trying
0: to think. I dated my girlfriend for about my wife now. <laughs> I think six years, five years before I, got I was. Married? I was about five before I got engaged. Yeah. yeah. And I I'll think.
1: Be, it'll be about yeah. Yeah, that's t-
0: before six years when we get married.
1: I'll tell you this: I don't think I have that much time left. So <laughs> <laughs> she's um, she's she's committed to. He's me. working on it, you guys.
0: <laughs> no, it's getting well. David, dude, thank you so much for coming yeah, I appreciate on the it. podcast. Yeah. I truly, truly appreciate it. Oh, you're good. You're good. And then, <laughs> was, that, uh, was that one mine? No, uh, if oh. you wanted it, but oh, okay. it's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. No worries. <laughs> it was also just showing the no, camera, the beer, the podcast. You're good. But all right, David, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, Thank you. Shout out Duffy. Shout out Michael. This is it. Central Valley Podcast.
1: Hey, big shout out Central Valley Podcast. You know I had a fuck with it. Hey, shout out Central Valley Podcast.